Welcome to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Picciuto, and I'm pleased to have my very first guest, Freya Drohan. Mm-hmm, yes. Wow, very good. Um, Freya is a good friend of mine. We've been friends for almost seven years now. It might be longer. We're not entirely sure. She's got a dog on her lap who's losing his collective <laughs> mind right now. But Freya, why don't you introduce yourself a bit? I might have to before he eats this microphone. Um, yeah, my name is Freya, and I'm from Ireland. And that's, I remember I was still in Ireland when we first started talking on Twitter and we just spoke a little bit about your career as a writer and that's how I found you on Twitter. And Well, you were verified, so I was like, oh, I need to then, talk to I, this yeah. verified girl <laughs> so she could teach me how to that, get Yeah, I, I peaked too early with the verification, <laughs> I think. I, I did used to work for um, the main newspaper back at home in Ireland, so uh, when, I mean, going back, Twitter... I feel like it was only journalists and celebrities being verified back then, so it was very cool. <laughs> um, but now, obviously, everyone can apply to be verified, and I'm like, I'm the bottom of the list. I've been, I've been denied. <laughs> Damn it! Like, I, I reply once a week. I yeah, just want yeah. the blue check mark. There are no other John Pachudos. Yes. there should be one verified. A hundred percent. There's me. no other Freya Drohans, and I feel like, oh my god, I've written for perhaps twenty publications at this stage, maybe more. So I don't know what, what else they want from me, like my firstborn child or something. I'd maybe give it at this stage. But <laughs> that being said, I don't um, think it's necessary for me in my career to be verified on Instagram. It but it, it, it is nice on Twitter. But I think as a writer, it's not that necessary. Fair enough. <laughs> and so you've been in the U.S. what, for like six years now? Uh, yeah, it'll be six years this year. Um, so it feels, it's like dog years. You never know how many years it actually is. (laughs) The last four have felt very long. Yeah, right. And I think every year I'm here feels like a mini life. Yeah. Well, New York will do that to you. Yes. And I did live in LA for the middle. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. For a year in the middle, I lived in LA, which is something I always wanted to do. So I kind of ticked that off and that kind of broke it up um a little bit and which do you prefer la or new york obviously you've been here for five versus like say one yeah i think new york 100 percent um mainly because of the people really i think that's a huge draw (laughs) yeah that's a huge draw and there's just something about new york that i think la lacks and it's the spontaneity here that i mean it's such a you know cliche but anything can happen and you can meet so many people in the space of one day whereas la it's just really missing that because you know it's so driving driving and i don't even drive so like i walked <laughs> but everywhere you don't have a license right i literally don't know how to drive so i would walk everywhere people would be like are you okay if i showed up <laughs> and said i walked they're like what do you get like ten thousand steps a day i was like well, well that's your, kind your of the average that's that? you, that's what you should be getting wherever you are <laughs> you know they would think that that was crazy that i could possibly have ten thousand <laughs> steps whereas i feel like in a day in new york you know you can get that just by waking up yeah so We're just getting to work yes exactly so i think new york just has it whatever it is and you know i ultimately moved here because i knew that I wanted to work in fashion. That was my um, first question. How did you end up here? I mean, obviously, yeah, that long way from home. Literally was it. I wanted to work at a fashion magazine. So I gave up a lot, I think, when I moved here. I had a, the job I mentioned at the newspaper in Ireland. And I was, like, in a relationship at the time. And, you know, wow. I had a lovely... Like, I had my friends and family and everything in Ireland. Ireland's amazing. Love it so much. But 
I was like, it's working in fashion in New York or nothing. I have to go. I love that. Yeah. Irish so Kyrie, Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> I said Carrie kind of like Irishy, but yes, that was unintentional. Yeah, Carrie O'Bradshaw. Carrie O'Bradshaw. And, and honestly, that's another like cliche about me that I started watching Sex and City when I was maybe 14 or something. And <laughs> that was like, a real escapism moment for an hour when I would come home from school. My parents didn't know I was watching it and I would I was supposed to be doing something else. I'm sure homework or something. I'd be the first to get home. I'd watch it on some like dodgy lime wire kind of thing. <laughs> I still remember like, you know, sitting in my school uniform, like tucked up on the chair, watching the show. I couldn't believe that these people lived like this. And I was like, I have to go. That's amazing. I have to be there. Yeah. What's up, little man? We have a puppy he's situation. Crying. He's he's very sad right now. He wants to eat the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> yeah. So, so you were in it. a relationship in Ireland. Uh-huh. And what was that conversation like when you were like, hey, um, I got a job and I'm moving to New York? Well, I didn't even have a job. So okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is I'm sure ballsy. he felt really good wow. about that. Oh, not good. Um, I mean, it was, you know, we were young. So I was 23, I guess. Okay. And we had only, I, I knew I was going to New York. Like there was nothing getting in the way. And, you know, I think the job would have been more of a reason to really stop and think about it because media in Ireland is small. You know, it is smaller than you think in New York, but in Ireland it's very small. So I was lucky enough to get a pensionable job out of college and it just, it wasn't enough. Um, So I knew for, like, even the last couple of years of college, I knew I was going to go worked in the job for about a year and a half, knew every single day I was going to go. And then the relationship kind of only came into it in the last nine, (laughs) 10, 11 months. And he was great about it. We're actually, I haven't seen him in a while, but when I do see him, when I go home, we always like, we're on very good terms. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I would would say a lot of my ex-girlfriends don't have that same relationship (laughs) with me. And they're not nearly as far. I think (laughs) it is sometimes better to break up on those kind of terms. Sure. You know, no one has done anything to each other. It's just, it ran its course. That's great. Yeah. I've got a few of those. Yes. I wish more than... I know, I know. Yeah, you you always like... So you came here as like a bright-eyed 23-year-old. Yes. What was it like when you first got here? No job. I would assume no apartment. You were in a hotel or something, or like. Um. So I and I had only been here for maybe two or three days, ever before I moved here. Wow. Um. But obviously those two or three days were enough, and whatever visuals I had seen over the years, uh, and whatever TV shows and movies yeah. <laughs> were enough. Amazing. And I was lucky enough to move with two girls that I went to school with. Okay. So that definitely helps. You sure. know, it's like You're safety in numbers. Yeah. And. Yeah. Honestly, we just had so much fun. Um, one of the girls, she's now in LA, which was another reason why I kind of wanted to take LA off the list as well, because she was there. Um, still great friends. She, her uncle had been here for years, and he has a really interesting career. He used to be Bowie's guitarist. Oh, um, right. Yeah, a bunch oh of other goodness. people. Um, so he had this random apartment in the Bronx. Empty empty except for a four poster bed it was it was like a sitcom um, <laughs> one bedroom uh the bed is in the middle of the sitting room so the three of us lived in this apartment that's awesome very quiet co-op we were absolutely not supposed to be there um but we were all kind of on the same page we were just we were all waitressing you know because we needed money yeah and interning working just around the clock like really and truly getting up 
God knows what hour because we were going to bed at what hour. <laughs> uh, yes. Sometimes there was like a crossover there. Um, but we were on 252nd and Broadway. And at the time I was actually interning in Chelsea. So Ooh. every stop on Talk the one yeah, all geez. the way back. Yeah. And the funny thing is, and I always think about this now, what my first kind of um, stint being an intern at Fashion Week, I would read the magazine that I now work for. That's and I would amazing. take it on the subway home because it was such a long journey and I would read it for like the whole 90 minutes and be like, just I just want to work at a magazine, like not necessarily has to be this one, but just was so desperate to find my place. And I just think. So talk about coming full circle. I mean, mm -hmm. literally, you're dreaming of working for a magazine yes. and now you're working for that magazine. I mean, you're basically living every young person's dream who moves to the big city and yeah i think i would never gloss over all the years that we're in the middle oh, of sure. it yeah. <laughs> ever yeah um but it is it is funny to me that it, it did take that long and had i have stayed in ireland i maybe would have been at the same job still it was a very solid job um but i think it finally proved in the last say, year and a half two years that it's it was all kind of worth it that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, this is a podcast. People can't see you. Yes. You work in fashion. <laughs> you happen to be one of the most fashionable people I think oh, I know. Oh, thank you. I mean, you have such an eclectic, <laughs> amazing style. I mean, we're drinking out of vintage wine glasses. <laughs> so, a couple questions. Yes. Where do you get your style from? Who are your style inspirations? Okay. How are you so chic and fabulous? Go oh, God. It. I... No pressure. <laughs> I don't know. I saw this question on your list. I was like, where do I get my style from? I think I get a lot of inspiration from music. Mm -hmm. um, like that would be kind of a big point of reference for me is like 70s musicians um, and for a lot of people, I'm sure. And uh, those kind of groupies in the 70s. I love like looking at all Almost of... Almost famous vibes. Yeah, 100%. And I would say, like I look at other people, I'm like, oh my God, you have the most incredible style that I could never pull off or never make work um you know i <laughs> as you know i mostly wear dresses because that's just what works for me um i think i probably struggled with my style a little bit growing up because as an outsider i find that <laughs> so surprising but i think it takes a while for you to lean into what you kind of are most comfortable in what your what suits you the most i think growing up in ireland is that we wouldn't have had access to you know all these fabulous clothes yeah and that's not even that long ago say i'm 29 now but you know 15 years ago i was like there wasn't as many choices sure. of places and i definitely wasn't into vintage or anything back then so i think i started to like really get into it the more i kind of made my own money as well and i could afford to like experiment a little bit and um, at the end of high school and also we wore a uniform every day oh, you know what i mean so uh yeah um, is it a catholic school i think it's technically it's a public school so no it actually okay. isn't <laughs> yeah. no because in america if you're wearing it's yeah usually like catholic well the funny thing as well is when americans think of oh you know catholic school go you're in front of like <laughs> no no our skirts were to the floor <laughs> under your shoes yeah we like used to wear if anyone that i'm friends with ever listens to us like we used to wear our pajamas underneath our school skirts that's funny or tights or leggings because it was so cold and the cooler you were, kind of the longer your skirt was. So you oh. would be competing to have like your skirt trailing <laughs> the floor. 
Um, You've come a long way. Yeah, it was I actually, mean, funny enough, it was literally this color. Blue. Oh, no way. <laughs> very, very uh, Slytherin color vibes. Yes. Like dark green. That royal and, blue and the yeah. tie and, and everything. It's so funny when I go home now and I see my younger siblings still wearing the uniform. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, I think Ireland now, there's so much more. And that's even in the space of 15 odd years. Um, so I think I kind of started to get more into like experimenting with style and the more I kind of knew, oh, I really want to pursue fashion and I would know designers and everything. But even like, I can't remember ever ordering something online when I was in Ireland. Really? I don't think so. I don't think e-commerce was that big. <laughs> it's come a long way in a yeah. short time for sure. Yes. I mean, it's so, like, I don't go shopping at all. Ever. Yeah. I think most people would say the same. And now in Ireland, you know, you can be ordering from these amazing websites, whether it's in the UK or even the US, but back then we just didn't do that. Yeah. Um, so we used to almost like rotate our clothes when we would be going to nightclubs, which we shouldn't have been doing at 15, <laughs> well, there was 16, no 17. Age, right? It's 18. There is oh, an is age, oh, okay. but we definitely were skirting the rules a little bit. Um, and we would share our clothes, so it'd be like rotating heads on whatever, <laughs> like just tight, Who gets, short like, dips for the hot outfit for the night. You're yeah, like... well, it was all like basically the same dress in different <laughs> colors. Like the, I haven't thought about this in so long, but it would almost look like you just swapped the heads on the photos from one week to the next, and like <laughs> terrible too bad fake Facebook tan. Didn't exist then, right? Oh yeah, if our Bebos get unearthed, like there is. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Bebo? Yeah. Oh my God, Bebo was huge. Um, is it like the Irish yeah. Facebook? It, yeah, but it was kind of like a little bit younger than Facebook. Okay. At the time, um, oh my God, Bebo was just lawless. <laughs> like, Bebo. absolutely crazy. It's like, it's like uh, MySpace. It was huge. Like, it was the Instagram. Really? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine, like, these people had the Facebook before the Facebook, and then, like, now they're just... Oh, and everyone is, like, in kind of agreement. Thank God. <laughs> Whoever bought it or did something with it, everything has been destroyed because just the actual state of whatever we were doing it should not be remembered on the internet um no arguments i i think i I think we are of the i guess probably we're we're millennials right i think think we count as millennials yeah 37 (laughs) to 20 or something oh then we're still in yeah yeah um thank god yeah these things didn't exist when we were kids i mean i'm sure we were literally talking about it on sunday how you would wake up um, you know, after a night out and get a notification like you've been tagged in 200 photos and someone would have had a digital camera for whatever reason. And in Ireland, it was a big thing to be tagged in your, um, like the club would have photographers. Oh, yeah, that I remember this. Probably was a thing here On too, the yeah. club webpage. Oh, well, you'd be traumatized the next morning being like, no, 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 tell me, tell me. <laughs> Who was that kissing in the corner? Yeah, and, yeah. awful. That's so funny. So um, I'm, I'm, I definitely was not always as kind of into how I dressed. Um, Which to me is like, obviously, I mean, a complete shock because like yeah. I said, you have the coolest style. Like it's Thank hard. You. We'll post some pictures on the Instagram <laughs> or something just to like, it's, it's cool. It's, it's totally Thank unique. You. It's not like something that I've been like accustomed to or like, yeah, I, I do. And I do. Thanks for saying that. Cause I do try and, uh, like purposely not really go for trends. I love that. If I go for a trend, it's kind of like I'm dressing up in sure. a sense or like I'm doing it for some kind of experimental reason. <laughs> just like, can I do this? But every day I kind of just have like a formula and my formula ironically is like, I don't like everything to, I don't like anything to match or mix. Interesting. So if I'm wearing print, I'll wear like two other prints that clash with it. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Or like if I'll mix kind of, I feel like I mix a lot of music with maybe like a Western 
vibes? Influence, yeah. So I might be doing like a kind of 70s dress and then like a band jacket and a cowboy boot or something like that would be a kind of normal just going out in the Well, morning. I mean, you pull it off. <laughs> and I mean, hashtag Thank you. style goals for all you girls out there who need a Thank style you, icon. Nice Freya can, can <laughs> do that for you. Um, I think it's funny because we met via the internet mm-hmm. many years ago um, because I used to write. You are a, an actual paid <laughs> writer. Where do you get your inspiration from for your pieces? I mean, obviously, I'm not saying like when someone gives you like, you have to write this story for this, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. What like inspires you from a writing perspective? Because I've struggled for years with ideas. It is ideas. tough. <laughs> and I, we were speaking about this before as well. I find it hard to mind my personal life a lot of the time. So often what I'm writing is um, reactive to whatever's going on in the world or it might be just an observation. Um, having been freelance for many years, I think you have to get really tuned into what's going on around you because you want to be getting stories before other freelancers. Right. Um, so I think, yeah, in terms of inspiration, just like really being aware of what's going on. And especially in New York, we're lucky that you can see a lot of things bubbling, brewing before they maybe become a trend. Um, my main work is is fashion, so there's always something to write about. Right. Um, Do you have like a mm-hmm. dream designer, dream fashion icon, someone who's like, when I interview this person and I write about the conversation that we have, I've reached my... Honestly, like, I think like Sarah Jessica Parker would be a big one. Really? Yeah, definitely. I feel like in New York you can make that happen. I know, I'm always trying. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she's DM. definitely worked a lot with the magazine that I have worked for, but it's just one of those things that I have her on such a high pedestal now. But it's funny, I'm, she's a totally different to obviously the character. Sure. Um, I have met Patricia Field, which was great, yeah. um, who styled the show, so that was a real kind of New York bucket list moment. Um, but really, I, I am lucky. I, d- I am interviewing designers m- a couple of times a week, sure. usually, which is great. Um, obviously, at the moment, everything is Zoom, uh, so that is what it is. A little less personal. But yeah, I think, in a sense, it's good that I got the job that I'm currently in right now because it's harder to build those relationships in, in one way, but then you'll be remembered. And when things are in real life again, they'll be like, oh, remember that person who... <laughs> I had a good time with on Zoom. Yeah. If you can have a good time with someone on Zoom, I think that really stands to you. 100%. So I'm excited for Fashion Week to hopefully come back. I, I'm very certain that it will be a big event. Oh, it'll be huge. Yeah. I think like this next year as, you know, sporting events, movie, outcome, mm-hmm. like everything that was yeah. missed in the last year is going to be 10 times bigger and I better. I definitely think so. And um, friends of mine, we were talking about this on Sunday that a lot of people who went to Miami and kind of hightailed it out, <laughs> they're they're week. finishing <laughs> their leases and they're coming back. I think there's something in the air. Even last weekend when it was a gorgeous um, sunny weekend and everyone was sitting out still on patios, you kind of got the sense of oh, there's like we're getting back. <laughs> we're almost Things are there. happening, yeah. And it's tough because I see my friends and family in Ireland and they're they're very much not there they're still in a really strict lockdown yeah. and it's been a long year for them than it has yeah. been for us we're very lucky we can do a lot yeah but well, it was very scary here at first very scary very very scary so <laughs> you left Ireland mm-hmm. single yes what has it been like dating in America as this amazing fashion icon <laughs> Irish 
I would not say that. Um, well, first of all, I want to tell you something because me and uh, I've, I mean, I've always lived with Irish people over the years, which I love. Um, <laughs> keeps us like a little kind of community. Yeah, it's nice. And we just like laugh about Americanisms together. But in the last apartment or the last couple of apartments, actually, I, I lived with the same girl and we came up with this thing. I think I've dated more in the last year and a half than I had in previous years um, just because I was in relationships then and we noticed this pattern of guys on dating apps that we have now nicknamed the Emerald Isle of Files because they have this weird thing about you being Irish really? and they want to tell you about their grandmother who came from like <laughs> Cork County and they want to meet you and they want to say slaint oh. and the things that we come home were like, he did this. And they're kind of universal cliches that you would just roll your eyes at as an Irish person. Like, anyone will tell you these same things. Like, oh, my grandmother is so-and-so, like, came on the boat. Or, I mean, I'm Irish. And all these different things. And do you guys eat bacon and cabbage? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but we were like, what is with this, like, weird thing that some of these guys have for an Irish girl? And we kind of realized maybe it's just they like the notion of someone being foreign it but is, 100 but speaking english and and probably being a lot funnier than them <laughs> well i mean i don't know that <laughs> but uh every time i meet someone from the uk from ireland um yeah australia america you know speaking english with mm-hmm. some accent is the sexiest thing possible i mean it's like we're weirdly the same Mm -hmm. and then you say stuff like bin when you mean trash can yes and it's like completely different yeah yeah it does it keeps it interesting definitely but uh dating here i can't really compare it to dating at home because when i left Ireland, we weren't like there was no dating as such it was like pre-apps it was i was young i was 23 it was yeah it was kind of like you might have kissed someone drunk in a nightclub <laughs> and then maybe married them like after 10 years Oh, geez. or you'd been with someone since school. It w- there's, I think now maybe more so there's a dating culture in Ireland, but when I was like growing up and before I left, there was not <laughs> just that kind of, uh, that think, kind of scene. Uh, I mean, I know it was the UK, but the skins, mm-hmm. right? On mm-hmm. MTV? Was that one? Oh, E4, but okay. I don't know where they showed it, was it from. MTV here. Yes. Made yeah. it seem like there was a lot of dating going on over there. But I don't even know if you'd call it dating. Yeah, it's it just, just kind of like getting like messed up and, yeah. and kissing people and, yeah, like regretting it the next day. <laughs> and, and, yeah, that, that to me is very, like, naughty's dating scene in Ireland and the UK. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I can't really compare and contrast it, but it is definitely a minefield to navigate i from what i've heard i've i'm always told well don't think it's easier at home (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know i've had like resoundingly positive experiences anything that wasn't not the norm uh, yeah (laughs) anything that wasn't like technically positive or was maybe a bit confusing or weird at least it was a good story sure um i also wouldn't say like i have dated a huge amount compared to other people i know mm-hmm. um i do think it's probably a global phenomenon that it's super weird to have a really nice time with someone and then <laughs> never speak to them again yeah but it it has happened several times sure um so i mean i just try and be very open and upfront because that's just who i am as a person um, and it's definitely not always reciprocated, but I found 
the more open and kind of just forthcoming I am, the other person tends to take your lead. And if they don't, then what's the point? Because you will it's be like, confused forever. Right. <laughs> I, it's also like an age thing, right? Because mm. as much as I try to be open and upfront and honest in my early 20s, mm -hmm. I was also like, you know, a young, horny 20-something-year-old. Sure. Yes. You know, so. <laughs> yes, I agree. But there's yeah. also instances of... <laughs> yeah. And I think most of the dating that I have done in this country has been during the pandemic really well you know to a so certain extent obviously not dates. the i did one facetime date and it was the most awkward uh -huh. and I'm, I'm like i interview people for a living and yeah. i'm used to you know speaking to people on the phone having all of my friends and family in ireland <laughs> like on facetime so i think it's horrible i've done it as well maybe i maybe i thought i'd be too just you know too able for it that i was like this is awful yeah it's super awkward <laughs> and it was i think maybe like the first week of it, it was actually so early on in the pandemic that i said it to a friend and, and her boyfriend was an editor and he was like what she needs to write that story like because it was so unusual i didn't and i actually that's where i was like yeah fuck it i'll do the date because yeah. if i can get a story out of it and, and he worked for like a really really big publication um but i didn't end up doing the story but I it was that early on that it was considered a very weird thing to do. Yeah, I did it a couple times. Yeah, um, I'm obviously a very outgoing, personable, easy to talk to kind of person. I did not enjoy it at all. No, it's it's, it's, it's too super like an interview. Yeah. yeah, it's like okay. Number one, the problem with the apps is like you're matching based on physical aesthetics. Yeah, like, I don't care if you've got a funny line or not. If you're not attractive, like we're not going to match, and mm -hmm. that's doubly so for me. I'm not saying like I'm this hot guy, right? But like, so you're matching based on looks. I would say most times, if you're on an app versus like eHarmony or Match.com, yes, whatever. Yeah. And then like you spend some time texting, getting to know this person. It's super superficial. Favorite color, favorite movie, favorite TV yeah. show, whatever <laughs> it is. It's like these are things that are like foundational, but not like getting anything beyond the surface mm -hmm. level. And then you're like, okay, let's FaceTime. We've never met. Mm -hmm. We've never spoken on the phone. But like, here I am with my phone three inches away from my face. It's like so awkward. I think as well, if you don't have a rapport with them, if you haven't met before, yeah. um, if you've met them before, I think it can be fine. But as you said, if it's just going on very kind of rote questions and facts about each other, whereas I think some people, you can hit it off and have like, kind of wacky conversations about yeah. like really niche things and maybe those kind of um you know connections will translate pretty well to facetime i think you would want to be going through a lot of facetime dates to get the one that i would say that's why turns one into of us, something you is in a relationship <laughs> one of us i am not obviously you've been able to navigate those waters a little bit better than i don't even know i think i early on this year or late last year was like oh you know what i'm actually exhausted by this and i don't want to meet anyone and then as, of course you meet someone the next uh, yeah day. as soon as i literally took it off my profile um i matched with someone and you know i don't know where it's gonna go but knock on wood. i'm knocking on my head <laughs> um so obviously it's been a rough year and uh i think it's been a crazy year for me uh we've experienced similar like ups and downs when it comes to work Today, I don't know what it's March fifteenth, sixteenth. Oh, day from St. Patrick's Day. Happy yes, birthday, day whatever out. that counts as. Yeah, banish the snakes. Are you happy? Yeah, absolutely. I am. I'm. I'm so grateful for the life that I have here. Um, it was definitely not easy many times. You know, when you put everything into the equation, like visas and 
losing jobs, gaining jobs, so many different things. Um, you know, in the last year alone, I moved apartments five times. What? <laughs> so what? Yeah, there's there's definitely it. It has not been smooth by any means, but it's been so much fun. And what is fun about five <laughs> moves? I didn't mean that bit was fun, but okay. I mean, um, you know, I think the the move that I just did to live alone finally after all these years and all the aforementioned Irish roommates. Um, this is the move that I wanted to do, but of course the pandemic had so many other plans for people and yeah. I didn't work for a lot of last year but I also worked every single day I don't know how that happened but I wasn't employed but I was working like I was trying I was throwing everything at the wall hoping something would stick and yeah. um, freelancing a lot so you know I was in the city paying expensive rent like we all were before the pandemic we didn't didn't really question it you know it would hurt when it went into your, your account but <laughs> you were there was no other option so then lo and behold not working i needed to pay for a new visa a girl an irish girl and i that is an amazing thing about being irish in new york there's a huge like hundreds of irish people here and it is you will never be lonely because there's just always someone around. That's awesome. It is, like it is amazing. Yeah, I, I couldn't speak highly, more highly of it. Um, and someone who I kind of just had been friends with on Instagram, she was like, there's room in my apartment. It was about a third of what I was paying. Wow. And I was like, I'll be there on Monday. And then <laughs> we ended up, we were in another three apartments together. And, you know, because that lease ended pretty soon. And, and then we moved and then we moved within the building and... Uh, then I finally got the opportunity to take over this apartment and um, the rest is history. This yeah, place is beautiful. Thank you. This this Decked apartment. Out in what your vibe is for <laughs> sure. Well, funnily enough, um, this apartment when I first moved to New York, I waitressed as I was saying. You know, we needed money, and I was one of three female waitresses in a very old school classic New York steakhouse, That's and <laughs> the, yes great food um and w one of the other female waitresses was one of the girls I had moved with but the other woman was uh kind of like a, a mother she became a mother figure I would always call her my New York mom and she really looked out for me and the other girl and even back then she she got us our first apartment in the city because we didn't have credit we didn't have oh, geez, yeah. references you know we could only stay in the Bronx for so long <laughs> um and that woman this was her apartment for the last 20 years and she gave it to me. Wow. She like passed on the baton. Yeah. So that's amazing. And now eventually, will you pass it on to another I will young pass Irish it girl? on to another young Irish girl. That's yes. amazing. Yeah. So it is, you know, I think that's a big that's lesson. Very cool. Yeah. That I've always, I mean, I don't do it for any reason other than just because I'm a nice person, but I think you will get back what you put out and you know especially in New York when it's a tough city you need those good relationships and like I said whether it's calling up an Irish person being like god I just need someone to talk to like for a while or someone like that who you know how many people have you worked with for a while and you sure. never really see them again but yep. I think nurturing those relationships especially in a city that can be very overwhelming and you know really chew you up and spit you back out that's very 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 important and should never be underestimated yeah i love that i think that's like the one thing that i've noticed that's like kind of shitty about getting older is like mm -hmm. even those really really great relationships that you have like really good friends for years and years and years you know someone starts having kids mm -hmm. they get married people get divorced it's like 
you know, you stretch and pull and stretch and pull. And uh, what's nice is to see, like, kind of how those relationships, like, morph over time. Yeah, um, and it's work, you know. Like, yeah. anyone who's ever said to me, like, oh, you have a lot of friends. I'm like, yeah, but, the, you know, you got to maintain sure. that. It yeah. is you don't just have friends mm-hmm. like it's a two-way street you know and i i think that is a part of getting older that sometimes those relationships might serve you anymore or like as we were just saying you know where do you meet that person you're like i don't know i met them on twitter maybe yeah. but you meet people in ways that you don't quite expect and it's not just oh we know each other forever and i still would do anything for all the girls that i went to school with. we're in a whatsapp group like 20 of us and you know and some of us have known each other since we're Tots, Tots. but you know you can't rely on only having those people in your life and as you get older you need to make an effort and people are always they'd ask you know what's your advice about moving to new york and i would always say if you're not willing to put yourself out of your comfort zone you're gonna find it tough because you you need people in the city and you need to be willing to be uncomfortable and put yourself out there and you know because that that is what will keep you here is the people around you so you're a seven-year New York now. Almost, Almost yeah. seven, six, you're adding, some change. Well, do you know what? I think there is that whole kind of, you know, you're in New York if you've been here seven years. If you stayed here during the pandemic, oh, you're, you're oh, a New Yorker. Like, like, give me my chip. Yeah. Give me my key to the <laughs> city. No whatever chip. it is. <laughs> I was going to say, are you, are you here for life? Like, can you see yourself leaving? Like, I, you know, you said you spent some time in LA. Like, I are you a New York person? I can't see now? myself leaving, to be honest. I can't because... As long as like the work is here for me, um, I don't know. There's there's a few variables to that, obviously. Sure. And Marriage, I, kids. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I do. Uh, you know, one of the questions you said you might ask is like, "What's your biggest fear?" I think my biggest. That was my next question. Yeah, my biggest fear is kind of being made to leave or like having to leave. Interesting. And you know, as an Without immigrant, it being your yeah, your your immigration status is always like pretty precarious. I've worked very hard to be on the visa that I'm on now, but you don't know what's going to happen and um, is that a yearly thing is that a the one i have is three years okay um three years since yeah it's called the o1 visa okay um it's kind of like the wild west of visas it's like <laughs> a creative is the umbrella and sure. um, so that can really run the gamut of everything so i think that to me like right now is my fear and i have really tried so hard even when things felt so so bleak to stay that i'm like well i can't go now because like I've worked so hard to have a life that I love and by no means is it, you know, extravagant or anything. Like I'm definitely very lucky in the job that I have. I have amazing friends and I, I have like I have fun every day, which to me is like super important. That I have is to so like important. have to laugh every day. I mean I have my son, my son here that's barking. He's American, <laughs> yeah. so He is American. Yeah. Um I'm trying maybe he might be a dual citizen one day. Yeah. Um maybe he'll sponsor me when he's eighteen. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he's from Florida. He like marries you yeah. to like you. No, well he's because I'm I'd be his dependent. I'm his um, immigrant mother. <laughs> what happens if he's like a service dog? Like maybe it's like service by association you get yeah. to start. So, yeah, I think I can't see a real reason that would take me from here by now. But I'm also not someone who plans beyond the week <laughs> or Same. the month. That's kind of how Because I can't. Because if I do, and this happens all the time, if I plan things too far out, they start to not work out. And I kind of feel more comfortable in the very immediate now. I like that. Yeah. I, uh, I live my life a similar way. Um, I'm always trying new things. I'm always looking mm. towards like what's like 
something that's going to incentivize me from like a passion perspective. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think if this year has taught anybody anything, it's go for what you want in life. Oh, yeah. And there's like really nothing that you could regret more than, mm-hmm. you know, wasting time. I mean, yeah, definitely. It's like definitely. the most important currency. For like, sure. And I think a lot of people in New York, you know, most people that you meet, they're, they're, oh. <laughs> I think a lot of people in New York, most people that you meet, they're something, something. Like there's something and. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think most people that you meet in New York, they'll always be something. <laughs> something, yeah. They'll be something, something. Like they're always trying a few things. They want to be doing multiple things. You know, there's many strings to everyone's bow and. I like that. I, Many yeah, strings, everybody's bow. I yeah, like I that. think that... It reminds me of Tangled. Yeah. That, did you get that from Tangled? <laughs> the, the Disney movie? Yeah. No. I mean, I've got two movies, so it just... Um, no, I don't know if it's an Irish thing or what it is. Yeah, Many Strings to Your Bow. But I think that is a reason why people come here is that they want to do lots of things. Uh, I live my life that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure people who are listening to this are going to be like, John... I thought you were a writer, John. I thought you were a photographer, John. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought you sold construction equipment. Like, what are you doing with podcasts? I think that's like one of the greatest things mm-hmm. about like this era that we live in. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, it's absolutely. like all it takes is an hour, a couple bottles of wine, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure, and a list of questions. <laughs> that's it, and I think you know, all the things probably relate to each other more than someone might think. You know, if you started out doing writing, this is kind of a natural progression it's all communication it's all talking and you know getting things out into the world it's creative in a sense i appreciate that like well as my first guest you're like immortalized <laughs> in the wrong advice podcast hall of fame and you'll be invited i know back. when is the bit that i give the wrong advice well, it's me giving the wrong advice. Oh, okay, it's, cool. it's like a pun because I used to be like a writer <laughs> mm-hmm. giving like these grandiose you know opinions mm-hmm. on dating which i have obviously not mastered <laughs> at all being that yeah. I'm, 35 and single which there's obviously nothing wrong with but um it's a pun i think you should run an ad in the middle of the podcast i think i should like a personal ad yeah like (laughs) looking for a six foot one like instead of when it comes up like you know you're listening to whatever it can be just you subliminally putting out a little dating yes i'm at john (laughs) yeah i think it would work I and then it, I, then it fulfills even more of a purpose. I know. I mean, listen, if I landed a girlfriend from a podcast, like it would be all... You're doing something well. single yeah. episode would be, would be worth it. <laughs> yeah. I definitely would. You'd need to get me back the bottle of wine for oh, sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was planning on thanking you anyway. But yeah, I need to be invited to the wedding. Yeah. I'll officiate it. Oh, whoa. Is that, <laughs> could you do that? Um, I feel like maybe I could. Yeah, my, my best, yeah, my best friend Sam is in hot demand. Really? For, yeah. Um, he's just everyone adores him so much, and he is—he's pretty booked I think for twenty twenty two. My little brother, I think he has officiated two weddings now. Yeah, that's great. Pretty sure. You'd love to know that you mean that much to people. I agree. Mm. I, I've been a best man twice and delivered two A plus plus. You're gonna say speakers. babies? Oh my god! Can you imagine? <laughs> Actually, just one on the corner on the way here. Yeah, yeah, I just, I had the gloves, so I said, I'll give it a go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I gave two great best man speeches. And uh, I think the next logical progression is for me to officiate uh, yeah. the wedding. Yeah, absolutely. Get ordained, just in case. I think, you know, my sister's getting married in January, and uh, they're doing, like, a split. Uh, he's Jewish, she's cat work Catholic. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. So they're going to have a rabbi and a, and a priest. I think I should just get ordained. And, yeah. Uh, this can be your official way of asking her when that, she listens yeah. to the Jess, podcast. If you're listening to this, 
can I marry you? Can I marry you yeah, guys? <laughs> absolutely. Um, so obviously, you've had a lot of time on your hands this year. On, on, no. Okay. You've been super busy. <laughs> I have not. Most of us have had a lot of time on our hands. Yeah. <laughs> What's like the best show you've watched in like the last year? Oh, goodness. Oh, my God. What is the best show I've watched? Um, do you know what I actually found that I could live without TV? Really? Which is ironic because well, we I would. Bonded over normal people. And I would love to one day write a TV show, so I, I really need to watch more TV to study <laughs> that. Um, but I could live without TV. Normal people actually know that you say I did really enjoy that, um, and obviously the taste of home. But I got more into podcasts, I think, um, over the pandemic because I think we all needed a reason to get out of the house. Um, and I'm trying to think in the last. In almost all the five apartments that I was in, there was no TV, um, which I, mean, I think... This has been a mind-boggling <laughs> experience. Just learning, yeah. obviously, not having any idea that you moved five times in the last year, let alone <laughs> that you moved four out of those I five know. times with no television. It's so crazy. Wow. Yeah, and I know there's literally a huge TV, huge TV. beside me. Yeah. There's also a huge TV in the kitchen and a huge TV in the bedroom, but they're the woman who previously uh. lived here. I've, I watched the new show with Eve Hewson, um, who's Bono's daughter. It's called Behind Her Eyes. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's pretty good. Yeah, okay. I would recommend it. I only watched three episodes, but I sat down last night, Monday night. Um, I was a little bit delicate from a week, the weekend of drinking. <laughs> so I sat down and just said, just watch TV, just do nothing. And that was honestly the first time that I had just watched TV in a, a while. Reader? I am a big reader. Yeah, I but it can be hard because my day job is reading consuming content uh, to the extent you where the begin again uh, no i'm sorry uh, about time about time with rachel mcadam yes i have yeah it reminds me of that scene when they're on that first date and she's like i'm an editor and yeah. he's like they're making fun of her like oh no i will only read this if i'm being paid cold hard cash yeah. <laughs> That's what i, I wish i could <laughs> differentiate that way but yeah there there's honestly some evenings where i feel so depleted that I'm like I can't even write a text yeah. um, and that's probably why Irish people love voice notes so much like we will send each other I'm just starting to get into those it's the best yeah I would send it's not unusual to send 30 minutes like to a friend 30 minutes yeah one-sided mm-hmm. I've so done it's like 50 one-way podcast <laughs> yeah it's like an audiobook yeah yeah that's not getting picked up by any publishers <laughs> I've sent up to 50 minutes at what I, but point, I love talking if you're I would not getting say, that. At what point does it just pay to have a phone call? Well, this is the thing with when you're an expat and everyone else is, you know, different um, yeah. different time schedules. Like one best friend in particular, she is like trying to get through to some CEO of a huge company. I've never met anyone who just has his, her time is marked down to the 30 minutes that she's free. So we'd have to plan a week out. So if there's ever, for us, and I honestly think that that has maintained our, our friendship, over the last almost six years of me being away is consistent voice notes and we always kind of say it's it's like free therapy because no one's interrupting you there's often times where I'll just record and I'll stop it after 10 minutes I'm like do you know what that's just me ranting <laughs> about something stupid that happened and I don't she doesn't need to listen to that yeah. and I'm going to delete that but I've said it, and it's off my chest, and, and, and now I'm over. fine. Yeah, so it is. It's like free therapy. Um, I love that. 
yes, I've just so. recently gotten into it. I like I, I did it. I think to you yesterday. I was like, "Do you mind if I send you a voice note?" You're like, "Yeah, definitely. Go ahead." Yeah, <laughs> that's a, it's a great way to communicate. The one thing I'll say is like the iMessage function leaves a lot to be desired for, yeah. but us Irish people, WhatsApp through yeah, and through. What gives you confidence? And I say that because you have obviously a very eclectic, awesome fashion style, but Thank it you. is totally of your own like I, I don't know anybody else who dresses as cool as you thank you so what gives you confidence <laughs> to like be like yeah like you said i'm gonna wear two different patterns and i don't care if they clash and like whatever um god i don't know i think a lot of it is to do with having moved away um and just the anonymity of being in a city where there's eight million people, eight million people and nobody knows who you are i think that is very freeing and um you know, in Ireland, we obviously all grew up in pretty small towns um, by any kind of extent of the imagination. But, like, it's not all normal people, but it's very true to life. And, you know, you're constantly kind of worrying about what people think of you. And so for me, I think moving here at a pretty young age definitely was freeing in that regard. And I don't know, I think you'll never be kind of the the best at anything in a room you know you can walk into a room and you can feel oh there's people here smarter than me or there's people here that are xyz but for me it's kind of like i well as long as i'm sure about what i'm wearing and i feel good in it then that kind of gives me confidence i like that in a sense yeah like there'll always be someone prettier smarter i don't think there's people harder working than me yeah well you would, yeah <laughs> no i'm joking but th- that's kind of my two things i'm like i'm gonna work goddamn hard and i will probably have a nicer dress than everyone in the room you definitely will that's for <laughs> yeah, sure yeah so they're my I, two I, things i love this question just because i can't pinpoint my own confidence because like all right i'm gonna say i'm a seven out of ten i think maybe some people would agree some people would disagree mm-hmm. and for some reason, my confidence is a 25 out of 10. And right. I always would love to articulate why that is or mm. why I'm comfortable with who I am. And if I could, I'd probably be like super rich because I just write this book, like how to get your confidence Absolutely, 25 yeah, out of 10. Absolutely, yeah, I'll buy it. I'll pre-order it. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I just find it really interesting why some people like, can seemingly like own their shit. Like you can own whatever you're wearing, walk into a room, kill it. And I'm similarly the same way. I can do, you know, pretty much anything, like start a podcast and not give a shit what people think, whether it's yeah. good, whether it's bad. Um, so, I, like, I always like getting a good idea of what, like, drives someone, what's, like, something that instills confidence in themselves. Because I think it's very telling about the person themselves. Yeah, I think, it, it, like you just said there as well, it's not giving a shit. Um, ironically, I think that kind of makes you more kind of alluring to people when you don't care what they think or... I mean I very much care I mean I think it's like as you get older you care less I don't mean I'm reckless sure yeah. but what I mean is I think if you are just like you know go with the flow you know I think yeah fundamentally if you know who you are as a person people then gravitate towards that I agree or they don't and that's also fine sure but I think it's kind of a it's in tandem with letting go of a lot of things and caring less i think my mom has said that to me a few times she's like every year you just care a little bit less and (laughs) and yeah and it's not that you don't care does that make sense yeah but you more self like yeah you're like take it or leave it yeah you know um and i think for me confidence is also just i i think i keep speaking about the people that i have in my life but i know that 
my relationships are very important to me and all the people that are in my life are there for a reason they're very solid so I know that I'm a good enough person for those people to want to be around that that kind of gives me confidence mm -hmm. to then meet other people or put myself in a situation where I don't know this person but like they've asked me to their birthday I'm gonna go or you know go to a work event and not know anyone because I know that well all these people like me yeah. <laughs> and yeah I mean something to these people so that kind of gives me a bit of a boost if I ever need to do things alone or you know I, I think I'm also just quite independent in general but I mean, that yeah that helps with your I think moving you know 3,000 2,000 miles yeah I think it's 5,000 5,000 I, th I think so don't quote me on that maybe three, maybe three. I know LA was like about 8,000 so sure. yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> but yeah far definitely if 20 year old Freya was listening to this conversation what would you tell her oh god um definitely stop spending so much money on like feather skirts and sequin <laughs> outfits because you will not own them in years to come save some of your money um save some of your money wear hand cream okay i always think this i'm like why did no one ever tell me to wear hand cream because very young looking hands. i don't they're like an old woman um no i'm only joking but i think kind of what I was just saying like let go of worrying about what people think of you um, I think we can all spend our formative years worrying too much and yeah. trying to fit in so I think just you know have a good idea of who you are where you want to go trust the process ultimately because whatever like where you end up is where it's supposed to have been and just enjoy everything especially the crazy bad bits because they are ultimately like what will fuel you and the most formative things in your life are usually the worst the hardest things you know and, and i'm i've had a lot of really hard things happen to me and i'm grateful for those because it's made me very resilient i love that and very determined and you know i think that's kind of the maker of who you are as a person in a lot of ways so i think yeah just trust the trust that you're going somewhere for a reason and and be nice to people being nice yeah. is the most underrated aspect be of goddamn life. nice be like funny have fun um you know don't stay in your apartment every night of the week for whatever reason like go out and have fun unless and there's a pandemic unless there's a pandemic <laughs> then wash your hands and stay in your apartment but you know you're 29. Mm -hmm. When do you turn 30? I only turned 29 last week. <laughs> so. my God, how, how did I not bring you? Oh my God. Yeah, March worst. 6th. I'm a Pisces. Is that like... Now it's like a personal ad for me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to praise boyfriend <laughs> if you're listening to this. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this yeah. podcast is brought to you by... <laughs> <laughs> by Freya Jordan. Yeah. Um, so you got a year to 30. Where do you Thank see yourself God, in five years? Thank God, because my... Um, well, also, my last birthday was the last weekend before the pandemic, so I, I mean, I ultimately said, okay, fine, I'll admit that I'm 29, but I really should have been 28, 28 again. Point like five. Yeah, 28.2.0, whatever. Okay. Um, where do I see myself in five years' time? I don't know, and I always really struggle with that, like, p planning too far ahead and, and thinking too far ahead. Um, I don't know that i'll be doing what i'm doing now mm -hmm. i have been doing Aren't it bigger and better i've just been doing it for a long time um more so in the last year i've been transitioning into 
an editor role I know how to write like I can write in my sleep I wouldn't say that I'm the best writer by any means but I know how to write and so I've been enjoying kind of that and, and managing people and um, I'm lucky enough to have three really lovely interns and I really enjoy that like being able to kind of you know use that other part of my brain where I have to be like okay well why is this good or why is this bad or you know that it is different for me because I think when you're a writer you just churn it out all day every day especially for the online it's easy for some of us well I think for, <laughs> I think when you're a writer mainly for digital too you don't even know that there's anyone reading it and a lot of the jobs I've had they're, they're self-publishing you know so you just I'm literally I'm my own editor too for the most part um you know I have my boss who's great for guidance and everything but I kind of just publish my own stuff every day so I'm no checks no balances just just go lawless <laughs> um so I I don't know that I'll still be doing that in five years I'm very much I, I like to be challenged and and doing do new things do you want to I want to artist for the New York Times like I do I, I have so many things that I'd love to I, I of course would love to be you know, a writer at one of the amazing publications because that would push me in a, in a way that I haven't been before. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether that's like one of the big fashion magazines, like being a features director there or... Um, Vogue, are you listening? Yes, <laughs> now it's personal ad for Vogue. Um, or <laughs> one of us is getting something out <laughs> yes, of this come podcast. come on, I'm going to like promote, promote, promote. Um, what was I saying? Or, you know, somewhere like the New Yorker or New York Magazine or something like that would obviously be a huge goal to tick. But I still don't know if it would kind of be enough in, so say, five years, I'd be 34. I don't know if I'd want to just be writing. Um, More responsibility. Yeah, I have, like, a couple of things that I'd love to. I would love, love, love to work on something long form. But I just get very overwhelmed when I think about it. And Preaching to the choir. I don't start. I'm <laughs> so, extremely, extremely familiar with those yeah, feelings. Yeah, and I, I think as well when my day job is writing and I know I was just saying like sometimes in the evening I can't even write a text or like watch anything on a screen I just can't sure take that content anymore that I find it very hard to kind of work on a quote-unquote passion project that is also to do with writing writing. staring at a screen (laughs) you know because I will just if I'm still at my laptop I'll just end up working for my job or you know so you need to get a typewriter yeah old school Oh my god, maybe I could dictate an entire book in a oh, WhatsApp voice note. <laughs> I don't know. That's a slippery slope. Yeah. You'll be killing your battery. Yes. <laughs> um, it's like a scene out of, jeez, uh, uh, what's the Christmas movie? Um, it's based in the UK. He's writing mm, the pages. It goes in the water. The holiday? The ho- no. Oh, uh, 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 Love Actually. Love Actually. Yes, yeah. and, the, and, the, right. and the housekeeper. Yeah. Yes. So... Yes. Uh, I used to write. Mm-hmm. I don't consider myself a writer anymore because mm-hmm. I haven't written in forever. But, but you're you're using your creative I'm skills in other ways. Those creative yes. muscles in other ways. Photography mm-hmm. mainly. This podcast, uh, additionally. But um, early on in my writing career, when I started gaining some traction, I was like, I want to write a book, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm going to write a novel. I'm going to write this, the rom com mm-hmm. of my life, mm-hmm. which you know, obviously. I haven't had the happy ending yet, <laughs> but because I was like, every time I logged onto my laptop to like start writing, I would just get distracted. I'd be on Twitter, I'd be yeah. on Facebook, I'd be whatever. Yeah. So I bought a typewriter. Mm, that's a great idea. It was I, very yeah. great. I don't think I've touched it in about seven years. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, it's a great idea for you. Yeah. I've got one if you'd like one. Yeah. But <laughs> I think I just, I'm maybe in a better place to write, start it now. I think 
as I said earlier, I find it hard to mind my personal life a little bit. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's what I would probably be writing about is, is some kind of, you personal know. Narrative. Yeah, well, some, I think the thing that I know, the story that I know is um, Irish people in New York and it's, it's entertaining. <laughs> so, and I do think there's, there'd be an interest for that kind of thing, especially after normal people. You know, oh, what did Connell do when favorite. he got to New York? Jeez. I know. Are, like, are <laughs> I know him. film the season? Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I well, just genuinely t- want to know. They're doing, like, two bonus episodes, I think. Only two? I think it's only two, yeah. Um, you made me buy the book. Because yeah. I love the show so much. And yeah. I haven't read it yet. I'm oh, you got to read the book. I'm currently yeah. reading this ridiculous 700-page book <laughs> on the first tycoon Mr. Cornelius Vanderbilt. Don't ask me why. Oh, okay. It. Yes, yeah, different content to normal people. Extraordinarily <laughs> dry. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just love that show so much. I mean, yeah, they, the book is great. Uh, Marianne's whoever the actress is, and Connell. The yeah, and she's British. You know that. Oh no, kidding! Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. she's British. Sure, they put that Irish out. Yeah, on. she's very good. Enough. Mm-hmm. They portrayed like love and passion. Yeah, the angst. And angst. Yeah. yeah. Jeez, it was just so well done it is really well done yeah yeah i think and you'll always be compared to whatever irish person came before you um but at the same time it's kind of good because there's been a a crop of young irish female writers so that might be something that maybe helps yeah but i need to just do it it's not gonna so help would you say that's sitting. like your number one biggest dream like to be write a movie a show a book something um, i don't know i i oscillate between that and, and other ideas I have an idea for a fashion company that I'd love to start but that absolutely terrifies me because I don't know the first thing I can't even do addition in my head let alone like any kind of well, business you can be creative and hire accountants and yeah um so maybe maybe starting something like that um or you know ultimately I'd be lying to myself if I said I didn't want a very traditional like magazine role at one of the big publications but would it be as fulfilling? I don't know. Um, so I, I'm not really sure. And that's why I, I, I'm the first person to give you all these ideas. I feel like every day, or at least every week, I come up with a bunch of things that I, I'm like, oh, this this would take off. <laughs> but I never do any of them. So, I know that feeling. Mm, I do. And yeah. uh, I oscillate back and forth between wanting to chase every, chase down every single one of my dreams and wanting to be like somewhat mm-hmm. pragmatic about what I'm doing with my life. And at the end of the day, you need to pay your bills. Sure. You know, and they're expensive bills in New York. Yeah. Oh, so for sure. I, it is, it is often hard to find just the time, you know, to do anything. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, for me, I, I think like how relationships are kind of moving forward in mm-hmm. like this weird you know, post-COVID world, the fact that we are meeting for the, like, this is the first time yeah, recording mm-hmm. my first in-person podcast, mm-hmm. I think that's weirdly, amazingly like eight, symbiotic. seven, eight years after, like, we first started talking when I was in my kitchen yeah. in Dublin, like, being like, hey, I read your piece, I liked it. <laughs> and I was How like, did oh you God. get a job in yeah. New York? Help me. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. You were hitting me up for advice, and now we're on the Wrong yeah. Advice podcast, and what a, what a hilarious... I love it. <laughs> what, a, what a tremendous, uh, like, full frame. Yeah, and that goes back to what I was saying earlier is, you know never underestimate those connections and maintain them and nurture them because i think that's the best part about it yeah absolutely and otherwise what would either of us be doing on a tuesday night but 
it is. I would be doing this, but with myself <laughs> <laughs> talking about The Bachelor. Or I'd be something sitting here I... being like, "You should write something." Yeah. Right. <laughs> but you know, it does make the world a lot smaller, and New York can feel like a very big bad world sometimes because it's such a doggy dog world. So I think. I find that as, like, an interesting, like, mm. concept because, like, so growing up in New Jersey, I've always been in and out of the city. Mm-hmm. It's never had that, like, overtly larger-than-life persona for me, I mm-hmm. guess, because I've, you know, you've lived here for seven years. Yeah. I've just been in and out my entire mm-hmm. life. Um, do you think it still has that kind of, like, gravitas for you a year after COVID? I, I wouldn't be, like, intimidated by it. I think um, I'm definitely still lost all the time. <laughs> I don't know when that ends. So but you just had a terrible compass. Uh, yeah. Oh well. Yes. Anyone would tell you that about me. I barely know my lefts and rights. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't be as overwhelmed. And I think you know, once you get to the stage where you're telling people, oh, it's just very tough, and all of these stupid cliches that you were told before you get here, you kind of and I, it's hard to articulate why is it tough and. Why is it all those things that people warn you about? Mostly and expensive rent. Yeah. Expensive rent will definitely do it for you. You're always kind of tired. Um, and at the end of the day, a lot of people left. A lot of people left. But for me, it kind of just consolidated why I was here, the pandemic. I love living here. I love everything about New York. Not everything about New York, but I love a lot of things about it, enough to keep me here. And I think it's just that it's totally unique it's not like any other place in the world i especially with the dog like i just talk to people all day every day and everyone is so different every single person who comes up to me on the street like there's no commonality between anyone and i first and foremost like you know my background is journalism i love people so that to me is i have a very interestingly uh love-hate relationship with people (laughs) yeah depends on the day how much coffee i've had i'm like that nightmare person beside you on a plane that wants to talk for like five hours i've had some really good conversations in life yeah um so i think it it doesn't have the same kind of you know yeah and i i don't really know that it ever did i've definitely i've even in times when I've had like something really awful happen, I I will still like take solace in going down to, I mean, you know that I'm going to be living in a different part of the city every time it happens because I've moved so much, but <laughs> I'll either be down at the water in Williamsburg or in the East Village or something. Um, and I will just look at the city and be like, that to me, I'm just like, remember we're here, remember why you're here, remember what you want to work I as, agree. remember the life you want to have. And it does have, like, at times that soothing factor that, like, yeah. no matter how chaotic it is, mm-hmm. it can still put you at, at weirdly ease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. There, there was a moment, I was in the city, uh, like, a month ago. I was just walking around taking pictures, you know, doing mm-hmm. street photography. And uh, I took a two-minute break, sat down, changed my role of film because I'm a weirdo and I shoot film <laughs> in 2021. And I just sat there and I just took it all in and I was like, it's weirdly calming to mm-hmm. be here mm. in this crazy time of history that we're in and it's like hard to kind of put your figure or like articulate what it is about it but yeah. even just sitting here in this apartment tonight like I feel weirdly calm I don't know if it's the incense or the candles or I don't know what it or... is and because um, this is not a calm block but surprisingly they're playing ball tonight like <laughs> yeah. there's there's a man who dresses like a pirate and he because you know we're all working from home so you're sitting in your living room all day and he just stands there and he has this insanely loud 
audiobook kind of something that's been narrated about the end of the world <laughs> like it sounds like i'm making this up but he'll be in a different place so like yesterday he was across the street there i think today he must have been underneath the apartment because couldn't see him <laughs> but i know it's him and he also has a bike so he'll do like loops and you're still kind of like well oh, just is what it is yeah. you know like uniquely you new york. uniquely in new york and i think that's that's another thing is it never no kind of two days are ever the same yeah I love that in about a way, life in general. These yeah. days more so. Yeah, well, <laughs> because yeah. <laughs> you're so limited with your interactions and um you know, but I I can feel it like in the waters that it's just going to be such an amazing summer. Yeah. I mean, when it was like 72 3 days ago, mm-hmm. I know it's 30 now, but mm-hmm. it felt like the world was almost normal again. It really did. Yeah, it really really did. So I think it's like on the uptick and it's going to be... Fingers crossed. Yeah, for sure. Here's my question. Okay. You seem extremely settled in your life in mm-hmm. love with the city that you're in. Mm-hmm. Do you have any regrets? Like, what, what do you like look back on? You're like, fuck, why did I do Joe? <laughs> I, I do have regrets and I know... How, how often do you think about them? I tr- Well, I try not to dwell on them. But I know you should say that you don't have regrets and, you know, and I do primarily believe that everything happens for a reason and, um, Me as well. you know, but I do have regrets and the regrets I have are kind of to do with relationships that Those I was in. regrets to have. <laughs> yeah. And that, yeah, they're regrets that I, you know, they might've led me down a path I didn't really want to go on twice <laughs> different people but i kind of touched on this that it still made me a very resilient person and um but i would change them would you? <laughs> i would yeah what would you change about it? like i find that so interesting because like i'm a person like i really try to live my life mm-hmm. fully without regrets and it gets easier as you get older i think mm. um i do have regrets and i do like to say all the time like i live my life completely and utterly without remorse for what I've done in my past. Mm-hmm. And that's just not fact, right? Like, you'll still wake up or be drunk one night and be like, fuck, I miss her. Or, you know, right. shit, why yes. did I not do X, Y, Z? Why did I not buy Zoom stock in 2019, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's obvious that we all have things that we think about and we regret. Um, but what would you change about it? I would have got out of both relationships a lot sooner than I did. That's more of the benefit of hindsight, right? Because um, like in the moment, you probably were like, I love this person. and Yeah, I think it goes back to what I was saying. They, they put me on paths that I didn't want to be on, and then that took a long time to get off um, without going too much into either of them. Sure. But I, they're just the two glaringly obvious things that came to mind when I read that question. And I thought it would be fake of me to be like no I have no regrets because that is kind of something that would sound on brand for me being like no I absolutely don't care about anything but I have gone through two really difficult times about those relationships for one reason or another that I won't get into now but like buy me five bottles of wine and I'll tell you all about both of them (laughs) Um, but Again, they, episode two. Yeah, that's the audiobooks. That's yeah, why my right. friends get fifty-minute audiobooks. Um, but they they did shape me as a person. I just, um, yeah, they're they're two things. The like, two things a, that I as regret. much as like, yeah, I would like to tell myself like, don't date that girl. Like, I would love to go back to John and be like, dude, mm-hmm. stop right here. Mm-hmm. Don't do this. 
I think it's also informed me greatly of like who the person I am now, right? Like, mm. so it's like shitty lesson to learn. Yeah. Really not ideal at the time. It mm-hmm. Took you know years of growth mm. to get beyond it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I do fully agree with you. Everything does happen for a reason. Yeah. And you know, it, it's easy to say that as you get older. Like when you're in your twenties, yeah. like this guy just broke my heart, or this girl just fucked me over. Yeah, so. and I wouldn't even say it wasn't shit with heartbreak either time. It was just not good situations and one of them I think I was too young and um you know it it was what it was and then the other time I just I was in a situation that was very controlling and I lost myself a lot and that's regret is one word but almost like shame is another thing that I kind of feel about that and I definitely don't think that's healthy to harbor that and I don't hold against myself for any reason but I lost myself a lot in a long-term relationship and I think that when I yeah when I look back at that that is something I regret because I'm so independent independent and like you know we were just talking about this and I pride myself on being independent and like very uh, unique in a a great way but it just goes to show that I think a lot of girls have found themselves in similar situations and you can just get guys too yeah yeah sorry absolutely (laughs) um and you can just I think that's the only word for it is like lose yourself yeah and that is not a good thing to happen so uh, yeah I, I think better I to regret it and be out of it than you know be scared and still be in it absolutely yeah i completely agree i uh i, th- I think like I, I i would have to concur like completely about what you said and mm-hmm. it's like i'd be curious i mean obviously i'm single i'd be i'd be curious to see if i could repeat mistakes that i made at 25 at 35 mm. oh well they hope, have such different outcomes <laughs> yeah, yeah i would think you learn enough over life like it, it's just it's it's just it's i guess the thing that's difficult about life is mm-hmm. that lessons are learned at a young age yeah and then being able to apply those lessons later in life it's like well why couldn't i have learned that at 15 instead of 25 and for sure and i think ultimately lessons are always learned the hard way oh yeah like you're not gonna be like oh okay lesson learned that was fine that was easy yeah that was great like if it's a lottery so awesome yeah if it's a lesson like you're gonna know about it and it's gonna probably hurt so yeah i think that i i don't like to go around saying i have regrets but if someone was to ask me, do I? I'm not gonna lie about it, Good. and yeah. I think we all we all do. Absolutely. You know, if think, you say you don't, you're lying, or you haven't had it yet. Yeah. <laughs> so you're come in back. For a rude yes, come back to I'd me. I'd like to now live my life fully without regrets because mm-hmm. I think, and that's like another one of the reasons why I'm starting this podcast because why I would look back and be like, why 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 didn't I do that? It's yeah. it's like low impact, low effort, and something that I think I'm gonna take great joy out of. Definitely. And if you don't have regrets, I mean you probably always took the safe option. Yeah. To Born. a certain extent. Yeah, you're Very dull. Dull. Very dull. <laughs> I don't want to be friends with you. <laughs> what are you most proud of? I think the fact that I'm still here. Um and my immigration status, which is always difficult um the fact that i have the creative artist visa is something i'm proud of and that took a lot of resilience and a lot of editors and publications being like no this pitch isn't right until i could eventually build up a portfolio that warranted me getting this very competitive visa like that took a lot of grit (laughs) and i think the easier option for me was always to go home always always well easier on paper not easily uh, or not easier personally but 
you know, I would have a really nice life if I went home. Ireland's a great place to live. My friends are there. My family are there. I haven't seen my family in 17 months. I miss oh, them so much. But the easier thing was usually to go to Ireland, um, cheaper. Mm-hmm. You know, I've spent the equivalent of a house in Ireland on my visas. Wow, <laughs> I hope that the next immigration move is a green card that's like for my work As, oh so like mm-hmm. seven years mm-hmm. well like, five you keep adding five yeah, years to my life friendship i forget <laughs> it. It, it it surpasses your six time this year in fairness yeah. yeah um i just like i didn't know so like green card you it's not like a five-year thing and then boom green card it's like i thought there was a predetermined amount of time it's job related i th- i think there yeah you you kind of need an anchor okay. you know to literally support you so whether that's a job or marriage or I don't know what else it would be but um, hopefully the next stint after this will be the visa that I have but like the elevated version of this visa is a green card version of it so I would be permanent resident and I would you know enjoy all those trappings awesome of yeah what's your favorite food? my favorite food are like dips really? (laughs) yeah like hummus yeah it's your favorite food oh it's up there i well okay like over overall i would say mediterranean or like middle eastern food interesting like just dipping things in i mean i love hummus but like (laughs) yeah for me like i've literally asked that question thousands of times in my life no one has i would say yeah sorry dips is kind of low-balling it (laughs) no like not those kind of dips but you know if you went to like a middle eastern or a mediterranean kind of spot you can get all different kinds of vegetables, breads, like things to dip into dips. Yes. Like a whole table of things. Yes. That's kind of my my buzz. But then I also just really like chocolate. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there any like specific food that reminds you of home and makes you miss home? Yeah, God, lots. Um, I'd say like really good seafood really good smoked salmon on like irish brown bread just a bit of lemon and some butter i would say um what else kind of like scallops or fish and chips any of like just super fresh uh right from the sea which is beside you um good potatoes obviously yeah i i think i've grown to love potatoes so much more in my late 20s yeah. <laughs> i don't know why i feel like i missed out on them you stopped counting carbs yeah maybe i was too worried like, yeah. when i was younger to like eat a white potato and now i just you know couldn't get enough and i mean all of the kind of brands you know like cadbury's my sister um, loves cadbury's it's different at home oh okay. yeah here oh my god i don't know what they put in this really so, yeah she loves them. oh no it's it different and ball game truth be told i literally just learned today that they're irish cabris yeah, yeah. Mm, i think irish or british yeah, either or either. yeah wouldn't guess that. um what else is good uh i'm like just i think the scenario that you're enjoying things in as well like just having like a good pint yeah warm pint <laughs> no isn't that another thing N- no <laughs> all beer was warm in the uk and ireland not Guinness? that I know of. No. Ugh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Who have you been talking to? Yeah. <laughs> no, like a good, just, you know, the setting, like being with friends and having like a good drink yeah. in a beer garden with like 
good crisps. Yeah. <laughs> Which are chips? Yeah. Fries? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would say seafood. The food in Ireland is great. I think it gets a bad rap, but the food is actually... I've never been. It's on my bucket list. Yeah. So. I think um, as well, things can just be a lot fresher, you know. Less processed. Less processed. And we're very lucky that everything is coming from pretty close to you. You know, I always laugh when I see like farm to table in... In America, because yeah. I'm like, where where else would it come from? Yeah, <laughs> like, what's the other that's option? A, that's a branding marketing strategy. <laughs> yeah. that's not like a. I'm like, but obviously it came from the farm. Yeah. Um, the farm. No, this cow came from the queens. The f- and <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Queens cows. Um, yeah. So I think we're we're lucky in Ireland. Growing up in terms of the food is pretty good for you for the most part. Like less processed anyway. So I think that can be something that's difficult for. American kids growing up is you might be eating a lot of junk without realizing yeah. it. Yeah, Doritos, Cool Ranch. Yeah, well, we we for sure have Doritos too, <laughs> uh, yeah. and we would know that they're not good for us. But <laughs> I think yeah, just things are less processed. Even if I'm at home for a week, I feel a little bit lighter just with what I'm eating because it's less messed with. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Seventeen months. You haven't been home, mm. so I would imagine that's super tough with your family. Yeah. How do you make do with, like, this? I mean, granted, technology's great. You got FaceTime, you got WhatsApp and whatnot. Um, how much do you, like, miss your family? Like, ordinarily, would you get to go home, like, every six months, something like that? Like I, on a good year, would go home three to four times a year. Oh, wow. Yeah, so this is very, very different. Um, unfortunately, I didn't go home for the last Christmas. That was a normal Christmas um, because I was working, so... The last time I was at home was for my mom's 50th, which would have been October 2019. So, yeah, I mean, of course, I miss them so much. I talk to them all the time, and as I said, we're lucky we have so much technology at our disposal. And my mom would always be like, send pics, send pics, you know. I saw it on your story. Like, they do feel very involved, and I, you know, they're proud of me for being here and kind of being determined to stay I think anyone who is away anywhere in the world away from their family when things started to get haywire everyone you know was having a parent call them like I think you should come home and I I was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place I was like this is this is my home though like that's just as much as your parents never want you to say that I'm like but this is my home and what was that like realization for you like super reassuring about like the decisions you made the last six years like as bad as it was here you're like i'm home yeah kind of yeah i think there was there was a lot of parts to it i was trying to get a new visa so i was worried about that i thought i was due to start another a new job the one i'm currently in that obviously got pushed back a lot because of the pandemic and i just kind of thought i mean no one knew how long it was going to go on for either right so you thought home and I just had a feeling I'll get stuck at home and I was right I would still be there technically you know they the travel ban affects me even though I've lived here almost six years I'm not a resident so I would be stuck the the, the, yes the international travel ban yeah the reason there's no tourists in Times Square that ban (laughs) would affect me which is not so bad yeah yeah yeah, yeah. less selfie sticks for sure yeah right um but I have a child now. I mean, look, I'm... He's I, a very cute young man. A little <laughs> bit hairy for a six-month-old, but he has been rather well-behaved. Only in the last few minutes. Or oh, so. oh, he's going to yeah. make himself Spoke known. Too soon. Yeah. Um,
Do you believe in an afterlife? Yes, definitely. I believe in something. And did you watch the movie Soul on Disney Soul? Plus? No. You should watch it. It's okay. so good. Okay, I will. Um, Highly recommend. Like A plus plus. Yeah. Soul. Yeah. Okay, I will. I do believe in something. Yeah, I. I'm definitely not religious for an Irish Catholic. Yeah, as an Italian Catholic. Yes. Although yeah, I am adorned with multiple religious tattoos. Yeah, right? I mean, give, give me the piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would think that I'm spiritual. I definitely believe in something and that there's a reason things are happening and I don't think it just ends, no. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recently read a really good book. Um, it was, uh, I think, Concerning God or Connecting God. Mm-hmm really really interesting uh it's fiction obviously Mm -hmm. it has to do with aliens and it's a bit science fictiony and and uh um, (laughs) as you push a bottle on towards me like i need to finish it just making sure um and uh if if the the premise that it talks about with uh regards to god and religion i think is like a little bit more uh digestible and Mm -hmm. just kind of uh Look, I mean, I mean, it's been a crazy world when it comes to religion this week. Like, you know, the Vatican is saying no to yeah. gay marriage. Yes. And, like, all this, like, really petty, dumb shit that I don't personally believe in uh, or think matters. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's 2021. You should be able to marry who you want. And it shouldn't matter. Oh, yeah. Topic for another day. But um, the way that this book kind of tackles the God question, mm-hmm. I think, is really good. It's super relatable for people to, to take a look at. And I'll get you a copy of the book. I don't want to, like... Spoiler for you. Okay. But I like asking people what they think uh, happens when we die because at the end of the day, life is tough Mm. and (laughs) it's been a tough year. Mm -hmm. And for it all to be for really nothing seems super unlikely and highly. Yeah, I mean, how like demoralizing and demotivating if it's not some nice paradise or at least something. There was a very odd movie that Jason Siegel was in. Uh, where they proved the existence of an afterlife mm-hmm. and then everyone was just killing themselves. It was like a really, really dark movie. Um, I don't remember what it was. Don't recommend that. No, no, no. But um, I, 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 I like talking to people about what their concept of afterlife is because it's super informative of like how you live your life on a daily basis. I think as well that you, it would be nice to have the idea that you're going to come back to this earth as something else for or, whatever reason or like on to right yeah i think that's that's where your mind goes you're like where is this you know heaven you quote unquote heaven poem or it's a short story poem called the egg i d- no i don't think so so the egg is like this short story i was actually going to read it on the podcast one day it's, it's very interesting you should insert egg here insert egg here <laughs> it's very long uh for a short story uh it's basically the premise that um we're all one mm. entity, one fraction, living mm-hmm. all the same life, a multitude of people, and it's like you live each individual's human human life to learn the overarching. It's it's super interesting, but again, it goes back to you know the there's a reason why we're here. I would imagine. Um, yeah, you. Ha- I mean, you have to think that uh, it'd be super it's... depressing. Like, why why would you go to work every day if you're like there's nothing after this? Yeah, I think. Um, as I was kind of getting at, because I find it hard to plan ahead, I do like to kind of seek some kind of solace in believing in things like karma and fate and, you know, 
those otherworldly kind of higher bullshitty goopy <laughs> powers but i think you need you need something to yeah. kind of guide you i don't think we're all just bouncing around for no reason i agree uh it's like you know there, there's so many concepts discussing it and like alien life and the Holman yards and um i think it's a it would be a sad way to live your life not expecting there to be mm. other life out there and or anything after uh the end of the day yeah and i think um you know if you are traditionally religious that's great it's not for everyone but to each their own to each their own um, to, I'm sure you have many people in your Irish or your Italian <laughs> Irish Catholic yeah, right. life that are religious, but I, the thing with me is religion, it, it just doesn't always fit the person. My biggest problem with religion is that it's not inclusive. Mm. And to me, it's like goes fundamentally against what religion should stand for, mm. which is like love and you know, spirituality and a togetherness. Yeah. And a lot of times it goes completely against that. Yeah, well, I'll tell you a funny story. Like, not that funny, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the story of my life. Um, but a couple of years ago, I don't know if you know this, but Ireland was... Ireland's very much two kind of generations yes. right now. You've got your very, very traditional, religious, conservative older guard and younger guard there's some younger people in that bracket too for sure but then there's also very progressive forward thinking young mentality too and so we were the first country to um change the constitution to allow both gay marriage and abortion okay because we didn't have abortion um like you could only go to the like UK. it was illegal it's a, it was illegal yeah okay up until that was 2018 i didn't even live there when wow. they changed that yeah i actually went home i couldn't vote because it'd been gone for too long but i went home for the kind of very Certainly, historic yeah. time yeah um but the gay marriage referendum and uh, like an overwhelming amount of my friends in new york are gay like it's really? yeah That's almost so all of them um, you Is that know, like from a restaurant working perspective or like no not even not even honestly no just um, yeah and <laughs> like some of the very closest best people in my life are gay whether I know them uh, like 20 years or whether I know them a year sure so for me obviously it wouldn't even be a question that people would not want them to get married to whoever they love yeah. but um years ago i think it was it was just before i moved so 2015 they did the gay marriage referendum in ireland and i have t uh, two grandmothers one of them hyper religious like um you know like running around touching statues religious <laughs> and the other one absolutely not religious in the slightest like very kind of anti the church of anything and it was the one who is super religious that she voted yes for gay marriage and it was the one who wasn't that voted no and that, to yeah and that to me always i'm like well maybe you can't you know just tire of him with one brush and it, it is down to personal beliefs but for sure religion and those kind of issues it's always going to be a bone of contention yeah you know i don't know my, my thing is you know as human beings i mean we're living in a society that feels almost more backwards than it was mm -hmm. you know 20 30 years ago which is incredibly demoralizing um but like fundamentally i don't know who i am or who you are or who anybody is to tell someone who they can or cannot love yes it's like the most basic fundamental thing that like we as human beings should be able to experience and like what's worse is like why does the government have the ability to say who 
you can marry or who I can marry. It's like, it's just backwards. It is. And um, that's ultimately one of the reasons why I have a big problem with religion, mm. organized religion. Mm-hmm. I am super spiritual. I do believe in God and or he yeah. or she or they or whatever it might be. Um, but it's it's just completely illogical to me that we would have these like archaic boundaries in place for people to like be in love. It's yeah. love. Absolutely, it's like the yeah. most pure fundamental thing of life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's like fucking depressing <laughs> it is it is and same with telling a woman what she can or can't do with her body mm-hmm. same same notion it's like why well, does i didn't get to control that yeah. government or otherwise 100 mm-hmm. percent. i mean in a lot of ways we are like obviously as old as human beings will be like in terms of our like mm-hmm. existence and still figuring it the fuck out and yeah. what can be described <laughs> as a shit show um, but yeah. All right, Freya, we've been enjoying. We've been on a journey. We've been on a journey, <laughs> touching on a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. and I've greatly, greatly enjoyed our talk. And yes, me too. As I finish all my podcasts, I like to give a recommendation. Mm-hmm. Could be a book, could be a movie, could be anything, really. Okay. Just uh, give me a recommendation. Give our listeners a recommendation for something uh, that you would like to see them try. Okay. I just watched, actually. This is the answer to the question that you asked earlier when I was like, I don't really watch TV. And then I started talking about it. People are like, you, you sound like you watch a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I just watched a show and I was so moved by it. And I think everyone should watch it. And it's um, it's a sin. It was, it's a British show. And it's about a group of friends in the 80s in London living during the AIDS epidemic. Ooh. And it will like just got you to your core and um, how people went through this and how little support they had and how little information was there and it's it's just a really really kind of primal watch like it makes you super sad it makes you angry but also like it's uplifting in some parts so i think that is a really great awesome one for everyone to watch and just you know as you were just talking about love and religion and everything, it just makes it all very human. And what more could we ask for? Mm, exactly. Um, my recommendation will be sort of in line with that. Um, as a photographer, as a you know, hopeful you know, take pictures for the rest of my life kind of guy, um, there is a documentary on HBO about Robert Maplethorpe. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're familiar. I am, yes. Uh, look at the pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I don't know if that's the title of the documentary. I'll link it in the notes below. Um, while the imagery of a lot of his stuff is incredibly mm-hmm. graphic mm-hmm. and uh, you know not everyone's cup of tea, um, the sole focus that this man had on his uh, dream to be a photographer mm-hmm. and the uh, vitriol in which he followed this dream is something to really uh like aspire to mm. and uh, obviously a person who passed away because of the AIDS pandemic you know epidemic you yeah. in the 90s um uh super super uh touching documentary and it's just truly i mean as a photographer the people who he photographed the images that he was able to produce you know portrait sessions with every major mm. human being on planet earth um truly inspiring and uh, a really good watch and uh yeah, that would uh, definitely be my, my recommendation. So, Freya, I'm going to take notes. You. Yeah, take notes. <laughs> I'll uh, 
Thank you so much for joining me. This was thank you so for having me. It was. I can't wait to do this again in like six months and see yeah. that you're like the managing editor for oh. XYZ magazine and. Uh, yeah, put those was, personal ads on there. Yeah, make sure, make <laughs> sure a so recruiting much. person finds it. This was so it. great. Um, follow. I'll link uh, Freya's Instagram and Twitter in the notes. Uh, make sure to she's give her verified a on Twitter. She's very funny <laughs> on Twitter. We wouldn't be friends if she yeah, wasn't. Yeah, not on Instagram. Don't yeah, worry. Right, <laughs> but you can see her awesome style on Instagram. And uh, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're Sorry welcome. about Gigi barking. That's okay. <laughs>